welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is steven pasavento from one finch capital welcome steven i'm excited to be here thanks for having me Yeah, thanks for being on the show. A little bit about Steven. Steven Pesavento is managing partner of One Finch Capital, investing full-time since 2016. He's completed over 200 transactions, renovated nearly 100 houses, and transacted over 26 million in residential investment real estate. Steven's investors have entrusted him with over 11 million of investor capital, delivering solid, consistent returns. A former management consultant for some of the Fortune 500 top companies, he brings his years of process improvement, marketing, and sales experience to every project. He's the host of the top-ranked podcast, The Investor Mindset. With that, Steven, would you like to add anything to your background? Yeah, I think you gave a, a great little overview. Obviously, really proud of what we get to do on The Investor Mindset and, and you know, interviewing some of the top leaders from Chris Foss to Mark Manson to a ton of people in between. And so really grateful to be able to be here with you today, Rama. Awesome. So how did you get into real estate world, Steven? Yeah, well, I got into real estate a lot of the way, probably similar story to many other people. I always had that real estate bug from an early age. It, you know, it kind of got turned on to the space, wanted to take some steps, but never really took that final action to actually own property. You know, I'd gone and looked at property even young age, 18, 21, uh two different times we were put a lot of offers, but never walked away with a property. And so, you know, there were so many different reasons for that. A lot of it happened to be limiting belief, but when I ended up leaving management consulting moving into technology into the startup space and then as i continue to transition my career i kept doubling my income kept making more and more money and it was phenomenal but i felt like something was really missing and so i started searching for ways well of what i could do on a consistent basis uh that would really you know have a uh, have a clear purpose and give me an opportunity to make an impact on other people and i got turned on to real estate kind of fast forward uh started with zero experience and ended up my first first year buying and flipping over 75 properties out of state living in California when I started uh, now live in Denver but investing specifically in Raleigh North Carolina and Minneapolis and so had built quite an operation flipped over 200 houses over about a two and a half year period out in Raleigh and Minneapolis and some of those were quick flips put something on the market right away maybe a, a quick sale to an investor but over half of them were full renovations you know over full renovations and that business was phenomenal but what i ended up realizing was that it wasn't giving me that passive income that i really was after and it, it actually had just locked me into a new job and though i loved it i i had to find a way to get more involved in creating income that was consistent that i could rely on that even when i had a terrible family tragedy or a injury that i would know that i was going to be in a good place and with the kind of income that i was creating as a fix and flipper that just wasn't the case awesome and a great start and would you share any of the challenges you faced during early stages of real estate journey Yeah, I mean, there's so many challenges that were faced during the journey. I think one of them that really sticks out to me was as a, a professional operator, you know, having a 15-person team, having construction crews, having property management relationships, even with all of that experience, 
and having flipped over 200 houses, when I actually started to purchase property with the intent to hold onto it, purchasing single family houses, duplexes, and putting tenants in and, and holding onto those properties, just the same way that so many other folks get started, that I was dealing with some of the same challenges that so many other people experience. You know, for example, we had bought this one single family house and, you know, we paid something in the range of about $125,000, $140,000. And great property, did a bunch of renovations, put a tenant in, but just started having issues. You know, the property management, there wasn't an incentive alignment, meaning the property manager wasn't getting paid very much in comparison with how important it was for them to be uh, conscious of the expenses that were being spent. You know, they didn't have a, an alignment of interest because they were only getting paid something like $60 a month to manage a property that was important to me and was, you know, worth over 125, 145,000. But the problem was that there wasn't going to be incentive alignment. They weren't going to get paid more if the property did well or if it didn't do well at all. And so we just dealt with more problems one after another, trying different property management companies, doing all the same reasons why most of the people that I know that I work with in with at Von Finch, why they invest passively is if they've gone and owned single family homes, that it can be kind of a pain. It's a really great way to create wealth, but it can be a pain. And there's still, no matter what, even if you have management in place, you still have to make those decisions. And so I started looking, Rama, at how to find a different path, a different path that would actually give me the ability to take two steps back from my investments and know that they were going to be in good hands and know that I was going to be having people on my team that were going to make the right decision and that we're going to get paid based on success. You know, they weren't going to get paid just because they signed a contract. They were going to get paid specifically because they were able to create profit for me as an investor. And that's what really turned me on to syndicated multifamily real estate, essentially going and partnering with expert operators to invest in these types of private placement, private real estate deals. And, you know, my business now is really built all around that, how I and my clients can go and, and work with the best operators in order to make sure that we're not dealing with that same problem. And so that ended up essentially leading me to shutting down and, and slowly at first transitioning 100% out of a very profitable, very well successful succeeding business in order to focus on something that was going to be enriching for me and for others for quite a long time. Awesome. And thanks for sharing that. And for multifamily side, like what markets and what size of deals you are targeting, Steve? Yeah, I would love to kind of talk a little bit about the, the the markets that we're looking in. And and at the core, the markets are important. I'm going to talk about kind of where we're focused, but it really, for me, it all starts with the operator. It all starts with that sponsor, with that person who's going to make those day-to-day -day decisions. And they need to have a track record. They need to be that person who has 10,000 units under their belt or 3,000 units, or they've got a significant track record in construction on properties that they own, that they manage, and that they can can show that track record to me and that we can go through that due diligence process to really get to know who our sponsors are as people, building those quality relationships over months and sometimes years before investing with them. And as a result, then we go and look at, well, what are the markets that they're investing in? What markets are right for our investors? And so what that ends up coming out to is when we focus on sponsor first, we know that they're going to be selecting markets that are going to be in alignment because they're experts. They know at a much much deeper level, what is working and what isn't working within that micro niche of the market. And although we are experts in picking markets and we're experts in picking sponsors and picking these
these relationships and these partnerships. We know that when it comes down to a street by street neighborhood level, we want to have people who are on the ground. And so the markets that we're focused on are really inclusive of the Sunbelt region. So we do invest in in some other Midwest markets, including Columbus. But for the most part, we're focused on Denver, Dallas, Raleigh, and a handful of others. And when I say multiple markets, sometimes people think, oh, well, that's not a high level of focus. I'm a big believer in focus. But what we do is we work with operators who work in those specific markets and they dive in deep. Like for example, in Denver, Denver's a phenomenal market and there's a high level of competition. It's almost become a tier one market. It's definitely in that tier two status, but it's very competitive. But in that market, we work with an operator that has a specific niche in the midsize multifamily space. So they happen to be operating buildings that are smaller than our typical minimum. We typically like to have a hundred leases or a hundred units, but this operator has a very specific niche and they have an advantage that other operators don't have. And so they're typically buying buildings that are in that 40 to 80, maybe a hundred plus range, but most of them are in that smaller range. But what they're doing is they're actually doing heavy renovations, heavy redevelopment. And then we also work with other sponsors, uh, kind of like a specific opportunity that we have right now in our mission fund one, which is a 506C offering. It's actually access to an institutional style in investment uh, opportunity with an operator that has over a million units of experience, over a hundred billion dollars of assets under management. And those numbers seem really big. But what's cool about that opportunity is it's totally different than the one I talked about in Denver. It's it's an opportunity where we're looking in those Sunbelt region markets like Denver, like Dallas, and we're buying assets that are already renovated, that are already have all that physical value add done. And they have a very special proprietary algorithm for going in and adding value through management. And so it's much lower risk and the returns happen to be more along the middle of it. But when we look at markets, it all comes back to that sponsor. And then what strategy is going to actually be executed at the ground level within the market that we're looking at. Awesome. And thanks for sharing that. And what size of fund is that? Yeah. So the the fund that we're investing into is a multi-hundred million dollar fund. Our access fund, which is providing access to investors for a much lower minimum, the minimum to the fund that we partner with is a million dollars. The minimum to our fund is $50,000. So for people who, who are interested, you can obviously reach out to me uh, to find out more. But the interesting opportunity with that is that this access fund is then going to invest directly into the fund that's going to go buy these individual properties in Dallas, in Denver, in Raleigh, in a, a select select cities in the Sun Belt, which have been shown to have one of the most lowest downside risk over the last uh, number of years and have the highest potential for, for future growth. And so as a result, that operator will be going and executing it. And we're starting in Dallas first, but we are looking at buying in other, other areas in that fund. Cool. And good luck. And uh, recently closed a couple of multifamily deals. Would you share more about those deals? Yeah. So one of the opportunities that we just closed was a mid-sized multifamily. It was a $5 million purchase in Denver, Colorado. It was a 40-unit building. And it was just an opportunity where it was an off-market, direct-to-seller. Uh, actually, a broker had brought that opportunity to us, but it was off-market. And we worked directly with the seller to be able to not only get a price that was very competitive, but also to have all of the tenants rehomed prior to us closing. So when that property was purchased, it was actually purchased vacant. Uh, and we were able to go in immediately and start that renovation process. So by the spring, within only about a four to six month time, 
the entire property uh, will be completely renovated and ready to tenant. And that property, what's great about it is actually a short term, much shorter term opportunity with much higher upside. And one of the benefits I think of going into a redevelopment is that when you're purchasing a property at a basis of say 5 million, and you're going to put 750,000 in renovations and your operator happens to directly run and manage the crews and have that expertise over thousands of units of renovating in that specific city, in that specific neighborhood. You have a high level of confidence and execution, but the other benefit as well is that you're making such a big jump in the basis. In other words, you're starting at 5.75 million in investment. And as a result, on a very conservative pro forma, we're able to push that number up above 7 million. And so creates about two and a half million of upside. The cool thing about that and it's one of the things investors often overlook is that when you're adding that much value, when you're taking something from being a property of what it is today and you're turning it into a, a beautiful place for people to live, taking it from the worst property in the neighborhood to the best or in alignment with the rest of the properties, you end up essentially greatly reducing the risk because of how much value is actually being stacked on top. Meaning there's this huge buffer if something was to happen in the market that people are in a fairly secure position. So that's one of the opportunities that I'm happy to share about. I'd be happy to talk about uh, any others as well. Cool. Awesome. And thanks for sharing that. Would you share any of your best and worst experiences so far, either real estate or single families or multifamily side? Yeah. So I think one of the experiences, and I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it's one that comes to mind that a lot of people would would chalk up to being a negative is that in that, in our investment portfolio focused on single family flipping, we had purchased and flipped over 200 houses in about a three-year period. And so when you're purchasing a portfolio and you're operating at scale, there's a lot of opportunity for huge upside. And there's also an opportunity for loss. And so overall in our portfolio, we had tremendous returns uh, well above 25 to 30% on capital invested. Uh, very, very strong returns in that portfolio. But when you're doing such high volume, there's an opportunity that maybe one or two of the deals is not going to go well. And we had a handful that didn't quite perform as well. So under hit our projections or frankly lost money on it. One of them in particular was a property that we purchased in just outside of Raleigh in Holly Springs, right alongside Caria, a suburb of Raleigh. And what was interesting about this property is we bought it. We went in, we told investors, hey, this is exactly what we're expecting to do with the property. This is the type of return we're expecting. And we're purchasing that property for a fairly high price in the area. It was a 7,000 square foot, very large, very unique property, happened to be slightly outside of our typical buying box. In other words, slightly different from the type of property that we typically would buy, but it looked like it had a lot of upside. And we were estimating that we would make about $100,000 after about three to four months. We were going to purchase the property. We're going to do some light renovations and we we're going to put on the market and we we're going to sell it. Very, very quick turnaround. And we had a very, we probably had a medium confidence level that we would hit that number, but we knew that the downside was fairly well capped. What ended up happening was as a result of the property being so unique, and the design of it and really fitting more of a California type buyer than a Raleigh buyer. The problem was that we weren't hitting that number. We had a lot of room 
above. We believed that it would sell for 700. We bought it for 400, 450, and it, it just wasn't getting there. And we had listed it well below that number that we believed it was worth, but it wasn't selling. And the big lesson, the big takeaway is just how important it is to have an operation team that is on top of the ball, that has extensive experience in the market that you're operating in, that is uh, constantly having oversight from a third party on exactly where each of those properties are. Because this one happened to be one that we overlooked. We overlooked it was taking some time to sell. And long story short, it took about a year to sell. And by the time we sold it, we had a loss. And so in order to close that property, we had to write a check upwards of $75,000. In other words, we actually paid to close that property. And ironically, it was such a great feeling to know that that was off the books. And why it was also a great feeling was because even though we had a loss on that property, we paid our investors everything that we had projected we would pay them. We paid them you know, well above 12% interest. And as a result, they made much more money than us. If we didn't pay the investors, it actually wouldn't have been a loss at all. But we felt very good because we were able to not only have an opportunity to learn and have this thing off of our plate, but we're able to do what we said we were going to do. And it just goes to show how important that is in an industry where it gives us the opportunity to continue to work with those investors every single day. And that's really important to us. So sometimes the toughest challenges can actually lead to being the greatest opportunities because it, it directly led to a number of major changes in our structure, as well as that goodwill of, of people knowing that we're in the business for the long term and we're here to do the right thing. Yeah, so true. And thanks for sharing. And would you share any best experience so far? Yeah, my best experience, honestly, they keep piling on. One of my favorite things about real estate investing is the type of people that are interested in investing. You know what I mean? by that is really the type of people who get attracted to real estate investing and are looking at operating. They're in the trenches, they're going out there and they're putting all their blood, sweat and tears into it, risking their capital and grinding away, believing in this dream that they can live a better life. And I find the same is true with my partners and clients on the passive investing side and the limited partner side, that they also have this belief that life can be better than what it is today, that possible to create income that will create levels of security and really essentially create flexibility, create freedom to do what you want when you want. And I love being surrounded by other people who believe that, who are already successful and are continuously looking to find ways to continue to grow and have more success because success just means that you can have more impact on people's lives. And so that's probably my favorite part. It's probably the part that really gets me energized and going every single day is, you know, when new investors will reach out, people want to work with me, maybe they're an operator and they're looking to kind of step their business up to another level. And they're working on in a coaching or advising relationship, or they're an investor and they're looking to invest. My favorite part about all those conversations is just really getting into what do people really want? And why do they want it? And that light that ends up happening, you can feel it even when you can't see the person, you can feel it on the phone, that light of hope of what's possible. And then frankly, being able to help make people or have people be able to see and make that into a reality is, is my favorite part. And I get to do that every day. Cool. So any one advice that impacted you, Steven? 
the advice that most impacted me was really getting clear on who you're serving. Who is it that you work with and how are you going to be able to create a better life for them every single day? And I've essentially made that my mission to go out and be able to inspire other people to, to jump in and take action and be able to help guide people down the path. Because sometimes it's a little bit scary. Sometimes there's uncertainty. You know, I didn't come from a lot. I didn't come from money. I I created this. I, I made this. And wanting to make sure that you don't have losses and wanting to protect that is something I completely empathize with. And what's my favorite part is that I am able to help people create that protection plan while also creating a life of abundance, of being able to really attract more wealth into their lives and, and do amazing things. And so that piece of advice has really stuck with me. Cool. Yeah. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, there's so many great books out there. There's so many that can really help kind of get you from where you are to where you want to be. And so, and I always start with the question of where do you want to go? Otherwise I can just kind of tell you uh, directions and, and send you on your way. But one of the books that made a huge impact and continues to be kind of the core baseline of so many things is a book called Think and Grow Rich. It was written back in the thirties by Napoleon Hill. And it really was a book that came together as a result of Andrew Carnegie, the richest man ever uh, in history at the time. And all of his friends and other successful people were interviewed and really kind of shared this ideology. And what it is at the core is not actually about getting rich. It just happened to come out during the Great Depression when people were in a pretty tough time. It's really a book about how to create everything that you want in your life and live a great life. And it's cool because I go back to that book on a consistent, regular basis because it's the baseline for almost all personal development and it kind of reminds me of, hey, these are the things that are most important and I get to create my own destiny. So it's one of my favorite books. Cool. Yeah. So how are you giving back to community? I give back to the community in a ton of ways. The Investor Mindset Podcast is one of them. Getting to interview and connect with amazing guests and then share those lessons with the audience has been super fulfilling. Work with work with a number of organizations, volunteering and, and helping people change their mindset so that they can really unlock their full potential. Working with Junior Achievement, the Anthony Robbins Foundation, a bunch of organizations and volunteer opportunities to help people have these realizations that it's possible to have everything you want. And for me, real estate has been a, a vehicle that has kind of given me the opportunity to do that. Cool. Yeah. So how can listeners can connect with you, Steven? Yes. I recommend listeners check out the Investor Mindset podcast. You can shoot me an email directly, Steven at vonfinch.com, or just jump on LinkedIn and make a connection request there and let me know that you listen to me on Rama's show and, and would love to have an opportunity to help kind of guide you down the path wherever you happen to be. Or, you know, if you're interested in investing, obviously there's opportunities that come available through some of our sponsors and our partners that I could point you in the right direction on. Cool. And thank you, Steven. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thanks, guys. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.